Hey world, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today I've got another interview for you. I'm talking to a prolific trail builder who has been making single track all over the Pacific Northwest for decades. He's built killer descents, flowing blue trails, climbing trails, and pretty much everything in between. We're going to talk about how to find the right terrain and line to build on, keeping trails natural by balancing maintenance and erosion, riding in the rain and mud, tools and techniques that he's used, riding e-bikes on his trails, and of course, the politics of it all because building a trail is never as straightforward as building a trail, is it? Now, he's also built his fair share of unsanctioned single track, and while I'm not going to shower him with public praise for that work, we're definitely going to talk a bit about the how, the why, and the why you shouldn't of building illegal trails. So for that reason, we've disguised his voice a bit, and we won't use his real name. Hello, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy is my real name. What are you talking about? Oh, shit. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> Jimmy, before we get into this, I want to start off by talking about your background a little bit. I assume you've been riding forever and building trails nearly as long. How long have you been doing this for? I've been riding for 30 years plus and been building trails since the mid-90s. So pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. So, Jimmy, I don't do much traveling these days. It's it's been it's been a few years for sure. I'm a bit ashamed to admit that. But when I did, um, it was because I wanted to build stuff that I wanted to ride. That's sort of like my origin story for trail building when I was doing it. So, I want to know why did you pick up a shovel? Why did you start trail building? Is it similar? Uh, no, actually, it was um, to see if I could. It just struck me as a challenge, something I'd never done before. And uh, something I wanted to put my free time towards, and uh, it turned out to be something I really liked. When we when we were talking earlier before we pressed record on this, you mentioned that trail building isn't actually the first sort of building outside that you've done. You used to be a climber as well. You used to set routes and do all that kind of stuff as well. Does that play into this at all? Like you seem like the kind of person who likes to go out and create those things. Yeah, because it, it did start with that uh, when I was a climber. I wanted some climbs near where I was living. So that's the easiest, it, to, to me, that's the easiest way to do it is you go bolt your own climbs, scrub, scrub the rock. And uh, going in there, uh, I think it's some OCD part of my personality. I didn't want climbers all taking random routes to the same de destination. I wanted one definite definitive path and so i built it oh yeah so out of all the trails you've built i don't i don't want you to tell me a name of the trail um because we're going to keep you we're going to keep this anonymous <laughs> jimmy <laughs> but of all the trails you built first of all is there a trail that you you look back on like most fondly like this is the child that you like the most but also is there any sort of legacy element to this? Like, I think to some of the trails that I've been riding for, you know, 25, almost 30 years now, and I think back to the people that have made those and, and that kind of stuff. Do you ever think like, man, people are going to be riding my trails, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 years from now? That's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, well, I hope they'll be riding the trails in no, no many years. Development uh, could put the kibosh on all that. But I know those climbs, people will be climbing yeah. in however many years. They'll last basically forever. 
tracts and uh, an area that won't get developed. And I'm just hoping that the uh, the biking trails will also be around because yeah, there's some uh, there's stuff we're saving out there. That's for sure. Yeah, there's definitely some gold, especially where we're recording this in the Pacific Northwest. We are we are blessed with a ton of amazing terrain and a ton of amazing trails, aren't we? And a ton of amazing trail builders. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. British Columbia, otherwise known as the promised land for mountain bikers, for good reason too. Tons of huge ass mountains, incredibly variable terrain, depending on where you are in the province. But building here, it's it's not as simple as just heading out of the forest with your shovel and a pickaxe, especially if you want to do it do it right and do it legally. So let's talk about that stuff first. You know, you built some sanctioned trails. What is what is the first step with doing this? Do you have to approach the government? What What's a Section 57? Let's pretend I just don't know anything about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you might not be pretending. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first step is to find your line, right? Because in my mind, that's your first step because I don't want to just build a trail. I want to build a trail that I'm going to love and that other people are going to love. And... And to just build something in an area that the government says, okay, we'll let you build here. And this is how we want you to build it. That's a bit of bullshit for the amount of work that goes into it and the lack of pay that comes to you for it, right? It's a passion project. It's art in the forest. So I have to find the canvas that I want to work on. And so I do that first and then hopefully it's an area it's in an area that i can build without repercussions or it's in an area where i can build without getting caught exactly so let's 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 talk about it as if you're allowed to build in this area at first do you need to go through and flag or gps things and then have someone come approve it yes yeah, you flag it, you GPS it, you put in your application, preferably through a governing body of some sort. So you're not just an individual putting it in, but you've got the backing of the local cycling association. And they can put in an application in their name that you'll be the builder of. Mm-hmm. How how long does that process take? Because I've heard some crazy numbers. This Am is... I allowed to say fucking forever? It's be <laughs> yes, you definitely are. Than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking forever. And if you look it up, um, they have timelines that they're supposed to meet mm-hmm. and uh, responses that they're supposed to issue. And maybe that's where the disconnect is because they don't follow their rules. So yeah. why the hell am I going to? Yeah. Have you ever been turned down for a trail or maybe rerouted around a different area or anything like that? I've never been rerouted. I know people that have and I know the reasons why they have and I know that it's it could be considered legit. It might be pseudoscience um, and I have been turned down in the past and that was political, which is, you know, yeah. uh, a, a bit annoying. Yeah, there, there is a lot of politics in trail building. I think we'll talk about that a little later in the podcast, but yeah, okay. that's, uh, that's a big topic, isn't it? Yeah, sure. it is. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell are politics doing in trail building? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I imagine that when you're building an approved trail, it has to be built to, a, to a, an approved standard of, of some sort, whether that's an Imba standard or whatever it is. 
are people coming out there and inspecting a trail after it's built to make sure that it's up to those standards? How does that all work? I think theoretically they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then, like with anything else, it depends on workload, right? And maybe if you're an established builder and they they know who you are, uh, they'll give it a cursory examination and have faith in you and say, but continue to do a good good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they'll be able to come and check at the end. It's it's got to differ situation to situation depending on who, where. Yeah. Like if it's uh, an easy build, if it's a short trail, if it's in a contentious area. If it's in a completely, why the hell is anybody over there? They might not care. If it's hard to get to, they might not want to go inspect. Yeah. If they've got a hike, they might not want to hike. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of factors involved. Have you ever have you ever scoped out a trail in a place where you're like, they're never gonna come check this. Hmm. <laughs> so maybe I'll just do it. Um, well, they'll never inspect it. No. How about they'll never catch me? Yeah, fair enough. Right. That there, that's totally different because if access is a little bit limited at times and you can, uh, disguise your approach yeah. or approaches and your exits and stuff like that. And you know, once it's built, it's built. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's, let's keep it sanctioned. I'm eager to talk about the other stuff too, but let's keep it sanctioned <laughs> here for a few more minutes, Jimmy. So you've built the trail. It's a great trail. It's, it's on trail forks. A whole bunch of people know about it. Who's responsible for looking after that trail? Is it like the default? Is that you for like five years from now? You got to keep looking after that. How does that, how does that play out? Realistically, I think it falls onto the shoulders of the cycling association. Mm-hmm. And if there's a trail crew of some sort to them, um, uh, and that's, that's theoretically, you could call it realistically, theoretically, but, um, what really happens or what should happen. Oh, oh no, we're talking sanctions. So yeah. what would happen with something like that, then your name is associated with the trail. And so every builder takes a hell of a lot of pride in what they've done. Even the guys that do really shitty work, yeah. they take pride in their shit work. Um, and so they'll, if they can get out there, they'll get out there and work on it themselves because it's a reflection of you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. How, roughly speaking, just so people know who've never built a trail or maybe have never even done any trail work, a thousand feet, a thousand feet of descent here in BC, we're in the Sea to Sky Corridor right now. Roughly how long would that take you to build? thousand feet me yeah it would take me months just to bushwhack that whereas um jimmy come lately is going to go do that in a weekend drop a drop a rock oh yeah look there's my line what's what's the difference here then can you explain what you're looking for and why it takes you that long uh mostly because well it could go it could go back to legacy i'm building something that my name's going to be attached to Mm-hmm. And it's going to be around for a long time at least. And I want it to be interesting, right? I want it to appeal to a lot of people. Um, and whereas the other person, they do it. And I'm doing it for myself, right? For sure, I'm doing it for myself. But I think people who uh, do lomers, mm-hmm. uh, straight shot lomers, they they lack imagination and they're not thinking long term mm-hmm. and they just want the instant gratification which you get pretty much instant gratifications like clear a little bit of shit out and skid down the hill jimmy i rode a loamer just a few days ago it was a hell of a lot of fun though <laughs> yeah <laughs> were there any corners in it 
Uh, I think uh, I could probably count them on one hand. <laughs> yeah. So I think I rode that trail over there. No, wait. Maybe I rode it over there. No, wait. Maybe I ro- that was the one I rode over there because they're all the fucking same. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my point would be, though, those trails that maybe they don't require as much work and there's no doubt they're gonna they're not going to last as long as some of the stuff you're building. They're still of a hell of a lot of fun for sure. Don't you want to build every now and then you want to go sliding down a loamer? Well, I do build loamers, but I leave them, um, I leave the loam where it'll turn, where people riding it, sliding it, whatever, whatever style they want to ride, the the more traffic it gets, the better it gets. Ah, yeah. Whereas I guess what you can consider a true loamer, the more traffic it gets, the worse it gets. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, actually. And I was, I wanted to ask you about how you balance like sustainability with, I mean, having fun and maybe what you want the trail to be when you set out. Like where we live, if you don't ride in the rain, you you don't ride basically. Like you you ride in the rain no matter what, basically year round. So when you're setting out to build a sanctioned trail and you want to build something down, like say you get to a steep line and you, you want this like steep shoot here, how do you balance that like sustainability and you don't want it to get rutted out with... Um, something that's going to be fun and that people want. You put an optional line in there around it, mm-hmm. right? So you can allow for that, the weather conditions, like riding in the slop. And then it's with experience, like you talking to other people, you know, you bring other people in to give their opinion and yeah. test it out. And then you can spot weaknesses. Like as you're working on a trail, you can have people riding your trail. Yeah. And then you spot the weaknesses, you spot the lines, and then you can armor the shit out of it, yeah. right? And it'll last and it'll be fun, you know, just because, oh, you know, it's a wet rock instead of a wet root. That just makes the trail different. And that means like you do it once and you do it properly. Yeah. You don't got to go back there and fix it. You know, it's like, oh, uh, you, your buddy just ate it and dislocated his shoulder because you did a shit job. Then you got to go back in. And fix it. I feel like you're talking to 18-year-old Mike Levy who's packing his berms with ferns and then (laughs) smashing into it and his front wheel just disappears and he goes over the freaking handlebars. I did that on my first ever berm except it was my friend who sunk his front wheel. Oh, shit. (laughs) Lesson learned. Yeah. But that that sort of underlines what you're saying. You got to build it to last and then you're saying you can get away with that steep stuff. takes more time, more effort. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like people don't want to put in time and effort, right? They want it banged out fast. And um, yeah, I spend a lot of time bushwhacking and you can find amazing things if you bushwhack and, you know, if you don't shortcut. Yeah. But yeah. How often have you given up or maybe have you ever given up on building a trail? Like, have you ever had an area you've gone to and you wanted to build a trail and you started and it ended up being like, couldn't get through that freaking clear cut or the brambles or whatever, you know? Nope. That's why you bushwhack the shit out of it. Jimmy's undefeated, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally undefeated, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got a clean record. Yeah. Um, what about maintenance? So each, each area is going to be different, of course. Like what I'm going to say next, it might not apply to, you know, whoever's listening where you live, but... I would argue that there are trails out there that are being over-maintained and, and maybe taking away some of the enjoyment 
Have you experienced that or am I out to lunch? Oh, no. No, you're bang on because this is one of the things. It's like as anything that gets overregulated, yeah. everything to do with the regulation is not necessarily protect the people who are doing the sport or the activity or whatever is to protect the people involved on the periphery, mm-hmm. right? So that, uh, to avoid liability, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the things that, uh, if the government is mandating what you're going to do, uh, they're going to take away the fun because, uh, yeah, they want everybody to ride blue trails. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, those are fun, but those aren't the only fun trails out there. Yeah, and and to be fair, I mean, you've built lots of uh, trails that are. Would they be called blue level, Jimmy? I don't. I don't know. But I mean, you've built lots of like. I built blue. Yeah, you've built trails that most people can ride. They're not all yeah. like super rowdy things. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about what about berms everywhere? I just have you noticed that you've been around a long time. You've been around a long time, Jimmy. <laughs> I bet I bet when you started doing this, berms were pretty new. <laughs> what was a berm? <laughs> yeah. There weren't berms, yeah. man. <laughs> there are a lot of berms now, and, and berms are a lot of fun, but they also seem to be like every new trail that's popping up is berm after berm after berm after berm. Not if there's any work being done on them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, one extreme or the other. I prefer to work with the terrain, not against the terrain. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think about that maintenance thing. And if you're building a big berm in a spot where you've got to uh, you've got to import a lot of dirt, mm-hmm. you know, fixing that thing up when you're when the structure fails, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Right. And then you've lost your original enthusiasm for it that you have in the beginning. Yeah. So it kind of dumps it onto somebody else's shoulders to fix your work. And, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's repercussions to those big bloody burns, which are fun as hell, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's also a lot of different styles of riding. Yeah. Um, that, that tend to get lost a little bit. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it feels really good when you when you carry a ton of speed through a berm and up to the next section like you feel like a superstar. So yeah, I understand why there's so many of them. But I mean, we've both been riding for a long time, and I I miss like I sort of miss like that old freaking like awkward jank that you don't see much anymore. I suspect you're going to tell me I should get off my ass and go build it though. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man, you're a, you're a pencil pusher. You wouldn't do any good out there. <laughs> He's right, everybody. <laughs> so I have a I have an e-bike question for you next, Jimmy. When when e-bikes first started becoming more popular, there was a lot of talk about them causing way more erosion on trails uh, for two reasons. One, you got a freaking motor, so there's more power going down, but also people can do more laps. Um, have you have you experienced that? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> That's crap. I don't think people are causing more laps. I don't think they're doing more riding. I think they're doing the same riding quicker. <laughs> That's exactly what they're doing. They're like, oh, I've only got an hour and a half or I can get this big lap in that would have taken me four hours. Now I can do it in two and a half and I'll go home and do some yard work or have a nap or watch a show or go to the pub, right? And, and do all those things. And there's a few people that'll go out and go for an epic day and get more riding in. Yeah. But that's not the majority of it. It's just the problem is that e-bikes are new. 
And so you've got people who don't like new stuff. And then e-bikes can make somebody who's not as strong as you ride faster than you, which is so it's bad painful. for your ego. It's painful. Yeah. Me. It's so painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, man, I lived through, I was an early adopter of snowboarding. Mm-hmm. So I was a destroyer of the ski industry. Yeah. And I was an early adopter of clipping bolts as a sport climber. Okay. And so I was a destroyer of of rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And then I had, I, then I, I wasn't biking so much. So I wasn't an, oh, I did, I did have flex stem. So I had early suspension. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you know, like the first two inch forks. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Well, maybe pretty cool. And then rear suspension. You remember that? Like yeah. that's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Now everybody got it except some hardcores are going hardtail, right? And then an e-bike. Oh, that's cheating now. Clipping bolts was cheating. Snowboard was bullshit. But, but as a trail builder, as a trail builder, were you, did you feel threatened at all by e-bikes or that your work, what you're doing out there, like, it, was there any part of you that was like, I don't want motorized bikes on the things that I'm creating? No. Nothing. No, not anything at all because, okay, so if I build a trail that's so weak that it can't handle an extra 10 or 20 riders a day, mm-hmm. I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, I agree. Right. Trails should be able to handle traffic in any weather. Yeah, no, that, I, th- I feel like that makes sense to me. And, and like I said, I don't think trails are really getting worked all that more. I mean, we've seen the sport grow over the last two or three years. Um, and I think that would happen, you know, without e-bikes. There's just way more riders, period, right? Well, yeah. When you see a grooved trail, right, you you drop into a little chute that's two feet down or a foot down from the, the original trail bed. Um, that's not e-bikes causing that. No. That's riders grabbing their brakes on it's too steep of a line, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, and it's not actually mountain bikes, from what I've read. It's not actually the mountain bikes um, that are taking away the, the trail bed. Um, they loosen it up a bit and then rain and yeah. rain events, they wash away the material, yeah. right? So if it's, if you've got uh, speed checks and grade reversals and stuff like that, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. And you know, people who like the speed, but on a low angle trail, like relatively low angle trail, you can go faster than anybody going straight downhill on a loomer. You're not going to get to the bottom faster. You're going to be on the trail twice as long, but you're going to be traveling faster, right? Because, I mean, you're going straight shot down a loomer. Yeah. You know, you've got to have some control. You're burning that match real quick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas, like, I've had somebody say to me, like, the best trail is uh, no pedal, no brakes, right? But uh, maybe a little bit of pedaling to pick up extra speed. Yeah. And you can do that and have a well-built trail and you can carry your speed and go fast yeah that's fun we're we're gonna keep this anonymous but i do want to know what i'm not going to tell you ask you to tell me what your favorite trail is but i want to know what the elements of your ideal trail would be jimmy you've got a five minute descent what do you you put it on this five minute descent just out of curiosity depends on what the land gives you Right? That's Good why answer. you back yeah. to that bushwhacking and you work the train and you walk it and you look and you can find all sorts of little things if you're in the right area, right? And if you can't find 
uh, natural features like rock or little hits or whatever, you know, then then you might have to build things. Right. But you want the trail to be memorable, yeah. right? Not just another trail. And that's the thing, like straight shot lomers are not memorable. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Although... I've I've had some memorable crashes on <laughs> straight lowers. Yeah. But no, you 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 are right. Like I think back to some of you know my top. I could think of the top my favorite five trails I've ever ridden all around the world over the last like thirty years, and none of them go straight down the mountain. Yeah. They're all like weird. Like they all they all have like this character or like a, maybe a personality to them or like some sort of like outstanding something to them that makes me remember them personality that's a that's a good one because trails have personality yeah right areas have personality and different zones have personality and you gotta you gotta bring out that personality right and you don't want to go against whatever the terrain has like the natural sort of it sounds corny but the natural personality of what the terrain might be like you're not going to try to build the flow zone in somewhere that's you know, full of rocks, the no-flow zone. And the no-flow zone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to make it a no-flow zone and live with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What what part about trail building do you enjoy the most? What part of the work? Part of the work? Uh, probably when I build something that scares me and I don't think I'm ever going to ride it. Yeah. And then I do. So, yeah, I don't, is that considered part of the work? Yeah, dude, 100%. Yeah, so... At the start of this podcast, I mentioned that I haven't built anything for a long time, but back when I did, my buddy Wayne and I, listeners will be familiar with my buddy Wayne, all we would do is go up into the forest and build these one-off hits that were a little bit out of our league, you know, and we would build it and we would massage it, get it right to what we thought at the time, berms full of ferns, (laughs) (laughs) and then we would start doing run-ups, you know, and eventually one of us dumbasses would hit it, but... Yeah, we would build stuff that was a little bit out of our league, and then we'd be scared of it for a while. Yeah, it's awesome because you know, especially in a corridor, you know that you pretty much anything you build, there's somebody that can ride it. Yeah. Right. So if you're if you're looking at something and you know it, it seems too much. Seeing somebody else do it, it works for me anyway. Oh, seeing yeah. somebody else do it, then I realize maybe I can too. Yeah, we live in a crazy place, dude. The Cedar Sky Corridor, like. The random, you know, 60-year-old lady who bags my groceries is an absolute crusher. Up yeah. there. My doctor is, like, hitting, like, giant step-downs. Like, it's it's just the average level here is is insane, which to you as a trail builder, that's, like you said, it's inspiring, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's inspiring. It's also confusing at times because it's like I've stumbled across what I thought was uh, – like a pretty shitty hiking trail built on the side of a of a hill, and uh, turns out it's a bike trail. And I thought, oh, because you know you see uh, tracks on it. It's like somebody tried to ride this. That's yeah. dumb. And then you see the video, and you see them making it look possible. You're getting old, Jimmy. I know. <laughs> oh my old. god. <laughs> have, uh, have any have any riders? asked you to build any anything for them have you built anything specifically for a rider or a movie section or anything like that nope no no i never done never did that i used to uh when i was bolting climbs that uh request oh build bolt some easier climbs for us that used to actually annoy the shit out of me yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah but uh 
note for the most part I spend a lot of time in the forest on my own finding the line and then um, once it's once I've got my line and sometimes I'll put variations in if somebody does a request or I'll change things a little bit or if it scares the crap out of me or I can't yeah. handle it then I'll actually <laughs> alter it before the master maybe this is a little too much yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but you just if you make the changes before the masses hit yeah right and you know you got to build it to suit yourself to a certain extent yeah and then um and then it's okay to make the changes and you don't have to worry about complaints on Facebook yeah exactly oh, Facebook. stay away from the politics for now I remember back when I was building those stupid jumps Every now and then, well, actually, it was only on one occasion. I, I built something, and somebody got hurt on it. It was sort of an awkward takeoff, you know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't perfect, but it was it was how how it was at the time. And it, somebody ended up getting hurt. When you're building something, does that, is that ever a consideration in your mind? Are you ever thinking like, oh man, like you know, I hope you know nobody gets hurt on this, or when you find out somebody has been hurt, like how does that play out? Well, there's some people out there, I suppose, that I would be quite pleased if they got hurt. But other than that, <laughs> just just a few people. But uh, for the most part, no. It's like if I figure if I can ride it, yeah, most people can ride it. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't try to build something that's too far out there, mm -hmm. and then I'll bring in other people, better riders than me to uh to check it out yeah and get their opinion right everybody sees things differently and uh and then i'll i have no hesitation in changing the line if it's pointed out to me that it makes more sense yeah yeah logic it out and um and then if people there's like my my crashes on the weekend were all on the dumbest little things like it's how it goes yeah not even sidewalk curb difficult yeah. right and yeah. just not paying attention so you you know, you can't think about anybody crashing on anything because there's some dumb people out there and, and then there's... What are you looking at me for? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking around for yeah. a mirror. <laughs> uh, what about what about things being dumbed down? I've, I've had stuff that I've built changed because people couldn't do it and they wanted to do it, so they changed it to make it so that they could do it. And we live in a place... Straight up, we live in a place where there is never-ending amounts of hard things to ride. If anything, we're lacking easier things to ride sometimes. So, I mean, that's the caveat to this. But I, I still don't want things to be changed. Like if, if a trail is difficult or a section is difficult, I don't want that trail to turn into a flow trail. Build a different trail and make that your flow trail. Oh, yeah. I'm totally on board with that. Uh, climbing. It's a... Uh... Big no-no if somebody's uh, chipping a hold or gluing something on or mm -hmm. drilling holes because they can't do the move. But I mean, Jesus, man, in two years you might be able to do the move or your kid. Mm -hmm. Like kids come along and they show you that the impossible is very possible. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like um, uh, I'm very against dumbing down in that regard, mm -hmm. but that term gets thrown around a lot. And so you go in and do some maintenance because when you, like you build a trail and it's, it's pretty smooth and fresh in the beginning and then lots of roots and shit start showing up. So you go in and you put it back to the state it was originally in and you get hacked on for dumbing it down. Mm -hmm. I said, no, 
No, I'm not dumbing anything down. I'm just working on the trail and getting it back a little bit to where it was. And yeah, yeah. But for stuff like that, I just I'd like to see those people come out and show me how to do it properly. Yeah, I've always said that when somebody changes something on a trail because they can't do it, they're taking an experience away from somebody else who can do it and will do it. Maybe every day, maybe first try, maybe they don't even look twice at it. We're all like, it's all so different and you're cheating people from that experience by changing it so that you can have the experience that you want on the trail. You're also cheating yourself. Yeah. Because like you say, those things that uh, you built that you guys didn't think you could do yeah. and eventually you built up to where you could do it, that feels great. Yeah. Whereas if you change it, so that it suits the level you're at right now, how do you progress? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Have you had your trails dumbed down, unsanctioned dumbing down before? No, I've had uh, I've had some kids just messing with trails a little bit, changing a few things, but never really dumbing dumbing them down at all. Nah. Yeah. No, there's uh, there's been a little bit of work done on my trails, but mostly if somebody uh, it's going to work on the trail. They know to contact me or contact a cycling association yeah. or something like that and, yeah. and ask. Most of the time, people are pretty good. There's just a few out there that, you know, figure they want it and they want it now. So they do it. And then I got no problem going back and, well, I've got a problem with it, but I'll go back and change it. Yeah. I like that about you. Yeah. <laughs> I got that streak in me. Oh, there is uh, one, but it wasn't dumbing it down. There's a guy on one of my trails who decided some work I did wasn't necessary. Mm -hmm. So he removed it on his own. Yeah. I don't know who it was, but he just took some of my work and, uh, and changed it to suit his vision of what that section of my trail should be like. Mm -hmm. uh, so I went back in and replaced it and made it something that would even would bother him even more oh great and i put it in there permanently <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, let's talk about uh trail names for a few minutes let's let's talk about trail names for a second there's definitely some names that i would i would agree are probably inappropriate um so we're seeing some trail names changed has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had trail names changed or even vandalized? Not trail names. I've had climbing names reported in um, guidebooks differently than what they're originally given mm -hmm. because I don't mind um, being a bit of a provocateur mm -hmm. and making people think. People don't like to think and they don't like to have to... Uh, it's a lot of people anyways that don't like to listen to others' points of view and have to, have to you know, um, ana uh, do some analysis on that. Um, words are scary. <laughs> yeah, words are scary, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, thinking is hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like, I like provoking people and, and just something that could be taken the wrong way. Yeah. And, but if you get the story, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Right? And then I get it. And I've even, I've even won a, one, you could say, a, a debate of sorts with uh, MEC back in the day. Well, a debate about what? About a climb name. Oh. 
Go on. And, and they were, well, they were just thinking that this was offensive and they were making a bunch of assumptions. Yeah. And so I presented some alternative scenarios and said, you know, what about this? What about that? And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You haven't left me a leg to stand on. I, it was amazing that, uh, like a corporation actually yeah. changed Victory. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even if it, uh, you know, no matter what it is, history is important, Yeah. right? History can teach you not to do things, but if you erase history, where do you learn that lesson? Yeah. What is in a trail name for you? I, I know some people just name the trail a catchy name or a catchy word or whatever, but is there more to a trail name for you? than that like does it have to come from somewhere is there some inspiration yeah or there's always an inspiration from somewhere and like my dream would be to come up with a trail name as good as uh cunning stunts yeah yeah (laughs) that's the best trail let me know when that happens yeah that's the best name ever yeah (laughs) it is it's so good and i was like what if i built a trail and stole that name because it's kind of decrepit now but I, i couldn't do that i've got to come up with my own yeah. And yeah, and the trail names always mean something to me. Yeah. You know, it, it could be an inside joke, it could be an expression, it could be a memory, yeah. you know, anything, but it's, it's always got something. Are the trails sometimes named before you even start them? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Not that often, because I've done that, um, and then partway through it changes, because something happens. Yeah. Something happens to change it, and uh, some event, some moment, some expression, something will happen, and, and uh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the unsanctioned trail work that you've done. And again, I don't want to say people should be out there in the wilderness or the park areas doing whatever the hell they want, because they certainly should not be doing any of that where they're not supposed to be doing it. Don't build illegal trails, and definitely don't build illegal trails where you're not allowed to. Don't build illegal trails. <laughs> We're not condoning that. <laughs> I'm telling you not to build illegal trails, everybody. <laughs> yes, uh, unauth- unauthorized, I believe, is the term you're looking for. Yes, unauthorized trails. Yeah. But Jimmy, since I have you here already, <laughs> I've got some questions for you. First off, you've built a bunch of sanctioned stuff. I've ridden some of the trails that you've built, and they're some of my favorite trails I've ever ridden in the world. They're incredible. Why build illegal stuff like i i know i think i know some of the reasons but wouldn't it just be easier to build stuff where you're allowed to build it and then not have any risk or headaches or if the system worked yes but the system is broken go on well uh time frames like really i mean in a microcosm it's like okay let's go out for a beer yeah okay i'm just gonna run this by okay (laughs) usual situation just gonna run this by the wife first (laughs) right and she doesn't get back to you for three weeks whereas she's supposed to get back to you in three minutes right and so the next time that comes up or at some point you're just gonna say screw this i'm going out for a beer i'm not gonna worry about permission Mm -hmm. um and that's pretty much how it works because if you're uh if you're asking for permission the way the system works which is outside of their own regulations right now Mm -hmm. it can take you literally numerous years to get permission in a non-contentious area to build one trail to build one trail is it time frame or is it also areas like do you ever build in an area 
or have you ever built in an area where you might not be allowed to, but the terrain is just so good that you want to? Uh, define not allowed to. Like I, it, like I'm building an unauthorized trail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's it because there are unauthorized trails that are actually authorized, um, but the the people uh, who would say yay or nay, they don't want to be informed. They officially yeah. know nothing about it, mm-hmm. right? And uh, unofficially, they're just like, don't talk to me about it. I won't bother you. You don't bother me, yeah. right? And there's a... Uh, Seems like an okay system. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a good system, but that's that's rare. Yeah. It's rare. And then other areas, um, yeah, for whatever reasons, and that's where politics come into it, right? It's uh, It seems some people can they know the right people or they suck up to the right people and um, they can get permission whereas another person can't. Really? And yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. There's fast tracking. Yeah. Right? And other things just sit on the shelf. Right? So it's like, yeah, playing favorites. If you had to wait for two years for every trail you built, I mean, you wouldn't have built nearly the amount of single track no. that, you've, that you've made over the years. No, and I feel what's happened is with this system and with them cracking down, and like, uh, there have been, it's been known, like it's, it's way worse in the States with government agents yes. going out hunting trail builders, Yeah. right? And so one of, I believe one of their objections is to lomers, right? Because it's like lomer, 10 feet over another lomer, another yeah. lomer, another lomer, and it just fucks up the hillside. That's fair, yeah. I don't want that on my mountain either. Yeah, and so this is a problem that they would like to stop, but because their system is so screwed up, you know, it it doesn't give you the option to say, go out there and build an unauthorized trail, quality trail. Yeah. Because the longer you're out there, the greater your chances are of getting caught. Right? Yeah. You so you can't get permission not for a few years and like you might not even be living here in a few years yeah. right wherever you, wherever you are and so then if you if you go that route then you've got to wait and wait and wait or you want to go out there and get a trail in because mm-hmm. it was a good sense of accomplishment in building a trail yeah but you don't want to get caught you don't want to get fined you don't want to be hunted so you build a fast shitty loamer yeah. Like the system is forcing people down that road to build these loamers that don't. Yeah, that's that's a theory I've got, but it it it's like a self perpetuating problem. Yeah. Right, because they won't encourage people to build good quality trails because you got to wait, you know, and yeah, so long. Yeah, you know, waiting is waiting, but waiting forever. Yeah. Doesn't. Nobody's going to wait forever. Yeah. There there obviously needs to be some sort of system in place where things get approved and things do get looked at and, and possibly inspected and things like that. There are, there are those things in place, but who's in charge of it? Government employees. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> and what is their main purpose in life? Uh, paperwork? Holding things up? <laughs> Keeping their jobs. Okay. And getting their pension. Yeah. So they're not necessarily out there to make the system work smoothly, mm-hmm. right? They're there to make sure they've got a job next year and the year after and the year after, right? So. What have you built more of? Sanctioned trails or unsanctioned trails? Let's see. 
I think we'd have to go with option number two. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned America. We have it relatively lax up here in Canada, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Uh, Relative to down there, where I hear stories about people like being chased through the bush by rangers, huge fines, and like there's, I mean, sometimes it's warranted for sure. Don't get me wrong. But you personally, are you not scared of any sort of financial repercussions or anything? Have you been caught? Have you had any close calls? Nope. Nope, not at all. Um, I may have had some tools confiscated, but I think I've actually just hidden them in the forest and not been able to find them again. <laughs> That's every trail builder on every <laughs> other trail they build, I think. There's a lot of tools out there's there, a, man. There's a lot of shovels and buckets out in the forest. Yeah, there sure are. Yeah. But yeah, no, it hasn't happened to me. I mean, I try to be smart about it. Yeah. And I do try to build quality, right? So it takes longer and yeah, maybe it's a little more risky, but um, if it comes down to it, when they're judging my work, the standard is there, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, the care is there and, and well, don't get caught and don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not a problem. What would keep you, what would be a deterrent that would keep you from building unsanctioned trails a deterrent yeah injuries aging out but no fine rangers uh no maybe if it happened then i would but i'm always or i'm often looking for a way to work within the system yeah right because that would be great you know just out there you're doing quality work with uh not looking over your back so yeah over your shoulder um so yeah i'm I'm always trying to find that way in inside so I can do that. Um, but man, it's, it's hard yeah. <laughs> to not yeah. want people doing, well, not everywhere. Some places do. Some places will expedite it or help you out or there's a polygon in place that works. And uh, some places, for whatever reason, they don't want you to. I feel like, people recreating outside should be a priority. Like being outside in the sun, you know? Oh, you mean like health and yeah, stuff like health, that? Health, like, yeah, exactly. Breathing heavy, exercising, like, I I, I understand. I mean, Jimmy, take, for a second here, just take a step back. You're not a mountain biker. You work a job at a desk in a place, you know, at a government building, and these things are coming in, and... You know, I can understand why that would not be a priority for whatever local government is is working on that stuff. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But on the other hand, let's get people out there. Let's get more trails. It's good for the good for tourism. Good for everything else. Well, what do they have to work on? I I don't know. I'm just trying to defend them. Yeah, <laughs> they're pencil pushers. Push your pencil, or like. Get us start with a system that works that would lessen your workload and put the onus. You've got a bunch of volunteers, hardworking volunteers that are dumb enough to be hardworking volunteers, right? To get some appreciation, no financial reward. They build an infrastructure and all you got to try to do is direct them towards quality stuff that doesn't have to be replaced, doesn't have to be maintained. And it could be a self-regulating thing, yeah. right? Because with trail builders keeping an eye on trail builders and you get some new hotshot kid that moves like into the... 
sound like politics? <laughs> well, a little bit, but it's it's more like um, a team. Yeah. Right? Like a hockey team, right? A hockey team, football team, whatever. Like the players help the police the other players. Yeah. Right? Like if a guy is out on the, uh, guy's out on the ice getting carried away with his stick, the guys on the bench talk to him like that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can see when a player is, when he's pushing the envelope, right? And, yeah. and, and you can shut that down and trail builders could self police, right? And you got some new hotshot kid who's going to build something shit. It's like, no, 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 that's not how it happens here. Right. We've got our force. And I was like, there's people out there all the time. Yeah. It's amazing how many people are out in the forest, bushwhacking around doing shit. Yeah. Right. So you, you can't shut it down. No. You got to di- control it or direct it. Yeah. And let it control itself. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like there needs to be some sort of liaison between whatever government entity approves these things and says, yeah, go build your trail, Jimmy, and the trail builders themselves. Like some somebody who is a mountain biker and understands and can approve these things or not approve these things. But I think there's a lot of environmental concerns. Like, you know, it's easy for us because we have, it's not easy, but we look out the window and it looks like endless wilderness and you're out there you're building something that's a foot wide and 1.3 kilometers long or whatever it is you know and it's like well what what's what's the what's what's the big concern you know why does that why does that matter there's so much wilderness out there but i think if they let anybody just go out there and do these things i think you you will eventually see nature being treated like shit so there there does need to be a system it just needs to be fixed it sounds like yeah yeah there does and i i do know of a place um where it's actually in a park um where they're allowing trails to go in Mm -hmm. um but they have someone to go out and check your prospective uh, line Mm -hmm. right before it goes in and if you um if you don't follow those regulations the locals in this place will shut you down Mm. right because um what they said is basically you guys are responsible for this Mm -hmm. right like i'll i'll inspect what you're proposing but you guys have to keep an eye on this right and uh, it works so they do like they know who's going up there you can see vehicles heading up and you can Mm -hmm. get a pretty good idea of who's up to what and and so there's uh there are examples of systems that work Right. And yeah, you, you can't be willy nilly because basically people are stupid and like, uh, you'll, people will be out there, uh, to do some work and camp and mm-hmm. garbage and waste and human waste and fires and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's gotta be regulated, but you also have to trust somebody somewhere who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm help because i mean like okay so pencil pushers blah 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 all that sort of stuff but they are they do have too much work for the size of their plates yeah right um so they should be parceling that out they're not yeah why yeah throw that at you i have no clue yeah yeah is it just because if they keep piling the work up on their desk they're guaranteed job security for the next few years yeah could that I, be it i would say it's just it's probably not a priority for whoever makes these decisions you know 
It could be because for us it's a priority and for yeah. somebody else it's not necessarily. Yeah. Have you ever had an unsanctioned trail discovered and shut down? No. No way. No. No. I've uh I've ridden trails <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um same, yeah. But uh yeah, that's a pretty hard thing to do because there's a lot more people out there using the trails than shutting down trails. Yeah. So um and there's a lot of chainsaws out there, so I mean, it's really, really hard to shut something down yeah. once it's been opened. So you should make sure that anything that gets opened is quality, yeah. is going to last. And if you're building something unsanctioned and kind of risky, like you obviously want to be building, you want to do some of your homework, you know, do some homework where you're building this thing. When I was I'm not going to say how old I was, but 20, <laughs> 20 years ago, <laughs> uh, a buddy and I, we built an entire trail. It, you know, would have taken, I don't know, five, six minutes to get down, whatever it was. Lots of, lots of bench cuts, lots of work. Like nowadays, yeah, if I went, like, if you looked at this trail, Jimmy, you would, you would be like, well, this is trash. But you know, back then we're just kids, yeah. it's a big trail and we were pretty proud of ourselves. And we went there one day and this was probably like, I don't know two weeks after we built it we went there one day and there was a bunch of yellow tape up across the entrance and farther down there's more yellow tape more yellow tape and a sign uh some sort of salamanders it was a park land we built the freaking trail in like how stupid can you get as a kid like i'm embarrassed even telling you this story now but it goes to tell you, like it underlines the fact that like you got to do your homework if you're out there putting this much work in. Yeah. Yeah. That gave me a bad taste in my mouth, but in hindsight, that was my fault. Yeah. A hundred percent my fault. <laughs> but as a kid, how are you, how are you going to do that research? Especially 20 years ago, what are you going to go to the library and look up where salamanders are? Yeah. No clue. Hill? Yeah. 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 So. Do you, do you go to any special measures to keep these trails hidden? Like, are you keeping the entrance hidden until you're done and then you're opening it, that kind oh, of yeah. thing? You're going in different ways. Yeah. You ever dig at night? Uh, no, no. It's uh, that, uh, that far I haven't gone. I know of people that have and do. Yeah. Right? Specifically for that reason. Yeah. Right? So people go to extremes and, and that sort of thing. But I haven't, I haven't done that. I generally go to areas that I know aren't sensitive, mm -hmm. right? And that have little to no activity in them. And, you know, like with salamanders and frogs and stuff like that, that's in wet marshy areas. Yeah. I stay the hell away from that. 18 year old Mike Leva did not know this. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you, Jimmy? You should have told me. Yeah, mine is just like, I don't want to get my feet wet. So yeah. I stay away from the wet spots. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. 18 years old, you don't even notice your feet are wet. No, you don't care. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about trail forks and social media, uh, sharing trail locations and blowing up spots. First, has anything that you've built, legal or not, been blown out thanks to someone sharing its location when maybe they shouldn't have? Define blown out. Like the trail's getting beat up and blown out or? The trail's getting more traffic than you anticipated maybe or maybe that it can handle or maybe it was like a, a supposed to be a semi-hidden build and now more people know about it than they should. I don't know. Yeah. No, I haven't been that. I've been on the opposite end where um, a trail has, I've intended it to be a secret trail mm -hmm. 
And then for whatever reasons, um, I've decided that, nope, I want people on this. And so then I've kind of had to promote it. Okay. Right. And, and share the location, you know, cause obscure entrances and yeah. obscure exits that people wouldn't necessarily find. So then I got to start sending people there. Yeah. And I've, done that with other people too with uh there's ways to encourage people to go out on a trail um but i've none of my trails but i know of trails that have blown up on instagram and despite people knowing better right or knowing say the wishes of the uh of the locals and you know it'll be written off as like but i've got a business i've got to promote yeah right care about your fucking business use another trail yeah. <laughs> right there's a lot of trail beautiful trails out there that you can yeah you know every spot every secret spot doesn't have to get blown up because because of influencers basically right they'll come up and yeah. they're not necessarily appreciating the trail they're just going up to to promote promote their shit and they don't care what mess they leave behind yeah i think sometimes it's a bit of a fine balance between like not wanting to overshare and also trails are meant to be ridden. And I can't stand that like surf bro attitude. Like, and I think where we, where we live sometimes that can definitely come out. I don't oh, know. Like this is my break. Yeah. Yeah. You go away. Yeah. With, but I think in our biking community, it's more like you're just some rando who's just shown up. Yeah. You can piss off. Yeah. But, uh, like I was, I've met lots of, uh, people who've just rolled into town and, uh, they'll bump into you on the trail if you're riding or working, whatever, and you just get a good vibe from them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, why don't you guys come with us? Right. And then, so you'll show them your secret spots or trails they'd never find and stuff like that. Um, you know, and you, you can say they've done their work getting to the inside, but it's, it could be just. 30 seconds of stopping to chat and yeah. you know, not seeming like a douche. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, when you're trail building, I've always wanted to ask a trail builder this question. When you're trail building, you're working on a trail and you see some riders, they're coming down the trail and they stop and talk to you for a few minutes. I always feel like I should get off my bike and help you for, for five or 10 minutes. Is that? It all depends on the situation. Cause some things I'm just, into and I'm just digging and you're not going to help but uh rock armoring yeah I've had over the years lots of people stop hey can I give you a hand hey go find some rocks yeah so they'll go find five rocks drop them off fucking hey man thanks see you later (laughs) yeah and that's it exactly and that's what I like to do sometimes but yeah Sometimes I also get the get the impression like so and so is building their trail, get lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it could it could be that. Like some people just wanna go out there to get away from everyone. Yeah. They don't want to talk to anybody. Almost the same reason some of us ride bikes. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that conundrum, right? Because uh yeah, it's you're the only one out there and you see somebody else. It's like even if you're out there to be yeah, totally alone. Yeah. You know, you're forced into a social situation, right? So you got to interact, right? And yeah. Like, grunt at each other, whatever. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Yeah, pick up a pick up a few rocks without saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Jimmy, before I let you go, what's the one thing that, as a trail builder, pisses you off the most? Braiding. I hate braids. Braiders. It's the fast line, bro. Braiding. 
Yeah, but like, okay, so like I said before, I bushwhacked the hell out of everything, right? Yeah. And so if I wanted to get fastest to the bottom for my Strava time, for my ego, for whatever, I can take a fucking shortcut. Yeah. Right? Well, you're out on that big traverse out to the side before it switchbacks and comes back. I can take a little shortcut down this 20-foot section, 20 foot section of hill and be in front of you. Then I can take another shortcut. Then I can cut out that kilometer over there and get to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I start at the same spot as you and finish at the same spot as you, does that make me faster than you because I got to the bottom in five minutes instead of six minutes because I cheated the whole way down, whereas you only cheated in certain sections by cutting corners and cutting off trees, right? Does It's almost like braiding is riding a different trail. It is. It's the, the whole point of like Strava and, and timing yourself and stuff is like... There's a satisfaction of having a good ride and riding things better. Yeah. But those things, you're supposed to be comparing yourself against people who are riding the same trail as you, yeah. right? Not the not the corners that you've managed to cut because you're sneaky or you have locals knowledge or whatever, right? So like ride the fucking trail. See how you can do that. If you don't like the corners on this trail, don't ride it. Go build your own. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But right, there's people who have no problem with braiding and... I have no problem with trying to mess them up. Yeah, I imagine you block as many of those as you can, eh? Yeah, I... And then so-and-so comes through at Mach 10 on their next lap for the fast line. <laughs> I'd like to build a Malaysian man trap. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I have techniques for blocking braids. Yeah. and uh, But you can't, can't do that North Shore crazy lady stuff, right, where you're putting traps out for people. No. You just got to actively discourage them. I'd love to have a braider, though, come on and defend himself. Why he doesn't need or she doesn't need to ride the trail. You know, I think it's a slippery slope. Like, I think, you know, you're riding this trail with your buddies a handful of times every week for years on end. You're pushing yourself, trying to get faster. You're going inside a little more. Inside a little more, inside a little more, all of a sudden you're inside that tree you're not supposed to be inside of and you've cut 30 feet off the trail. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I tend to think that people aren't like actively cutting out large portions of the trail, but it's little bits at time, you know, and it wears away. Well, I might uh, agree with you, except that yesterday or the day before we were talking about exactly this. And this is a really good rider, and uh, she was, so it's not just, it's not a male thing, right? It's yeah. not just guys being dicks. Um, and she was in a race, and she's just like, wow, if I just cut right down here, yeah. I can cut out all that section of trail. And she did really well in that race. And it had to be drawn to the attention of the organizers that this is how, this is one of the reasons she managed to get such a good time. And apparently she was just like, What's the problem with that? Yeah. Well, if it's between the tape, I don't know the situation, but yeah. she might say that anyway, if it's between the tape. So what that scenario is, is that that could happen just about anywhere. So you would have to tape off the whole trail. Yeah. Right. So then you, so then you've got that environmental thing, right? So you got two lines of tape down this whole trail that's a couple kilometers long. That's a waste of tape if people would just ride the trail. It sort of comes back to that you're only cheating yourself thing. You know, like you're, when you change something. She was cheating everybody she was competing against. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she was literally cheating. Yeah. And she didn't see it that way. 
she just yeah. thought she had, you know, found a, um, a better line. Yeah. So, no, it doesn't work <laughs> that way. All right, we're going to wrap this up. But before I let you go, without telling me the name of whatever it is you're working on and wherever it is, what are you working on right now? Can you tell me a little bit about whatever trail you're, you're building? No. Oh, perfect. That is perfect, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our chat with Jimmy, the trail builder. Some of his trails are sanctioned. Some of them aren't. Stay tuned because in the future, we are going to talk to someone from a trail organization and possibly get some other perspectives here as well. And as usual, put those questions down below and we'll try to get them answered. See you next episode, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>